The Tuffel Commute, Season 14, Episode 5, Drama. everybody hiya hello hiya. hello Hi. welcome back everybody welcome back everyone to the tuffle commute it's a new year and a new episode but we're still in uh season 14 um this is a podcast for language teachers that's not about language teaching but the topic often seems to come up um there well are three done. hosts well done Yes, there are three hosts today. Um, myself, Lindsay Clanfield, and I'm joined by, introduce yourselves, co-hosts. Hi, oh, Kerry oh, Jones oh, here. Oh, we're introducing ourselves as ourselves. Surely we should yes. be taking roles and doing, you know. <laughs> yes, well, let's finish the introductions before we... Hi, I'm Sean, Sean Wilden. Sorry, I mean, on the to step already. <laughs> yes. So, um, and yes, Sean has alluded to what today's topic is going to be about. In each episode of the Tuffle Commute, we take a word or a topic and we explore it from different angles um, as how it may relate to languages, language teaching, language learning. Today's topic is drama. Um, and we chose drama. Actually, we, we originally were thinking of doing role play, but then uh, we were talking in our work slack channel and it was suggested that maybe we uh go broader and do drama and not not that Is not drama that role, or drama 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 <laughs> drama that we go into a broader term to cover more different things so um because obviously we're all qualified to talk about uh drama <laughs> <laughs> well it depends on which angle we take why don't uh Carrie, why don't you you start us off? What was one of the first things we were going to uh, discuss as relates to drama? drama. <laughs> Come on, Carrie, tell us about okay. your golden golden globes, your Oscars, yeah, and everything. Yeah. Go on, go for it. <laughs> but I reckon that every TEFL teacher somewhere has a story about taking part in a theatre production, and there there may be you know, there are definitely TEFL teachers out there who are fully fledged thesbs and professional actors, and you know, sort of the TEFL is what they do on the side, as it were. And sometimes that's flipped. And I know I've worked with lots of people who um, were in amateur dramatics or ran drama clubs or whatever. But I think I'm probably one of the least drama types that I've come across in ELT. When I was um, working in a summer school in the UK, and it was we did the optional courses in the afternoon. I did the course, which was the anti-drama course, because <laughs> <laughs> it, was the, <laughs> it was the course for the shy students who didn't want to get up and act. So we did creative writing. But uh, having said that, I mean, even I have taken part in some kind of productions. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've got stories to tell. I'm curious, as a as someone that's not necessarily a drama person, uh, since you're a materials writer as well, does that make it harder to write stuff? Like if, oh, if, just because you don't want to act it, it doesn't mean that you can't write it, ah, does so you're it? Quite, you're quite happy to inflict it on other people, but you don't want to do it. Oh, you mean right. like the drama activity written yeah, into I, the course book yeah, kind yeah. of thing? Mm, yeah, I think I probably have quite a strong filter against it. So it's good if I work with a partner who 
can kind of compliment that never, side I, of I, me. I, yeah, I didn't mean to put it on the spot, but I just thought it was quite interesting because it's kind of a, there's a natural bias. I wondered if a natural bias came into your writing because because of something you know you don't want to you don't want to do. It's like I find it hard to write role plays as uh, because I don't like role plays. But I'm not the kind of person. Have you ever done? Did you do drama in school, or uh, did you do? I mean, I presume you did a school play when you were a little one, Sean. Uh, me, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not a drama person. I'm, I am. I mean, most people pin me as being bigger lad, but I'm quite. I'm like Kerry. I like to be quiet and be the shy one in the corner uh, for it. So I'm not a great uh, drama person. Although. Um, and my first job, my my language school in a little private language school in, in Athens, they did, they said, let's put on a Christmas show. And I've been in the job like two months. And it's like, sure, could you write as a play for... A, a pantomime. Know, you yeah, had to write a pantomime. a pantomime. Yeah, so my, my, my first <laughs> job, I wrote I wrote this awful, um, awful kind of pastiche of of Christmas Carol and Cinderella and stuff uh, for it. And Dickens would be turning in, in, the, in the grave. But... Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm not. A, I'm not <laughs> that's what I said at the beginning. Are we qualified to talk about this, Lindsay? Clearly, you are the drama person in this. <laughs> no, I, I like drama. I'm not qualified. I'm not. A, I'm not an amateur or much less a professional actor or anything like that. I have. Um, I have acted in plays and I've done various drama type things. And I. I love uh, drama activities in class. Um, but and I wish there's part of me that you know would have loved to act. Um, you know, I just don't think I was ever really good at it. But um, I, like I was part. I think I was in a drama club as well at high school, and I always liked the idea of drama clubs at like language schools, like summer, summer, yeah. summer language schools. I liked the drama club. I liked kind of you know being a part of that as one of the teachers, if not one of the participants. I guess, I guess you're. But I mean, I think we've all because we've all written course obviously YouTube more than me, but we've all written course books. So there's an element of script writing in that, isn't there? Because you've got to produce like I think when you're producing a, a listening text, for example, um, yes, it's, it's very much like you're writing a script for for a, a drama production. Um, I think there's thing, yeah. You know, there's the two sides, but one is being part of the of the drama <laughs> um, and and enjoying it, you know. So just because I don't want to take part and get up on a stage, um, it doesn't mean that I don't really enjoy mm. watching theatre mm -hmm. or or film or you know TV series or whatever. I love dialogue, and and I think it's one of the kind of still <laughs> creative bits of uh, material writing that that still is you know even when I'm writing digital learning objects, which uh, you can you can hear the love in my voice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The creativity um, is in creating a script that sounds natural, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And there is an obvious side argument as well, that the, the, there are people that perceive teaching to be a bit like acting in the sense, you know, mm -hmm. the, that you the, the classroom is the stage uh, and they kind of... Have the, kind of adopt a different persona i'm not i'm in and i, I certainly know that with with um beginning teachers you see this idea that they, they adopt kind of a cat the, the teacher yes character. The, the they become the teacher character they want yeah. to be like the cool teacher or the strict teacher that they respected or liked or the scary teacher yeah, or exactly the, and they, yeah. they, they kind of they, they they become something in the classroom that, that, that is akin to an actor take taking the stage i do remember in the in the czech republic there's a there was a wonderful little 
um, acting company that did ELT stuff called, I think they were called the Bear, Bear Theatre. And they were really mm. good at what they did. Uh, you, know, you know, I say they were because I haven't seen them for ages. They might still exist. Hi, David Fisher. Um, but um, they were wonderful. They used to turn up at both at conferences and at schools and do these ELT <laughs> that, shows. Well, that used to be quite a thing, didn't it? At yeah. conferences and at schools. And there was, for example, um, we were speaking before the episode about uh, our colleague of ours, Ken Wilson, Ken, who yeah. was in the ETT, the English Teaching Theatre, that in, was it the 1970s, 1980s? Yeah. Yeah, they travel all around yeah. all around Europe, if not the world, certainly Europe, and I think even behind the Iron Curtain at the time, doing like English plays at schools and stuff like that. Like it was a traveling. A traveling. I think it was kind of, that was beyond me, but uh, I've seen um, Ken post about them and seen the materials and stuff, but I've never actually used them. Do you ever use them? Yeah, no. the book. The book is oh, no. an absolute. I've classic. read them. Some of those. Yeah. Some of them are really funny. I've never used them. Have you used them? Carrie? I have. I used them loads in my first couple of years as a teacher. It's kind of, um, they're just so. They lend themselves beautifully to that kind of stop. What What are they going to say next? You know, sort of. What's the next? Just because you, once you come up to the punchline, you can just stop the tape and the students will know what's coming next. There's one which is wonderful, which is a really simple little idea. It's called the ticket inspector. And it's someone on the train who doesn't have a ticket. Yes. And just comes up with reason after reason after reason for why they haven't bought a ticket. But there's, there are things like, well, why would I buy a ticket? They're expensive. And, you know, sort of this kind of um, answer. And then the, at the end, you know, sort of the ticket inspector gets him to... Um, spell out his name, and he's very, very slowly spelling out M I C K E Y M O. And then he stops the tape. Yeah, exactly. And the whole <laughs> class just chants U S E, you know, sort of. Oh, wow. They're just so simple, but you can set that up in the classroom. So we had the train, and we had all the passengers sat in the train, and then the ticket inspector comes along, and you have kind of like, like the normal little conversations most people show their tickets and then you come to this character who is no way has bought a ticket and no way is ever going to buy a ticket and the students absolutely and you can do this at elementary that was the beauty of these scripts mm. um yeah. there was a they're, they're, they're well, fantastic yeah and again just like this is the same kind of golden period of those scripts as was the uh, the streamline books with the little little was, play yeah books. it was kind of when Ken was describing that it was reminding me of streamline and, yeah, and, yeah. And what about yeah. the videos, the teaching videos that then the great, grapevine videos? Yeah, but you go online and you see so many um, students who've uploaded videos of themselves recreating the scene. So there was like, oh, wow. I don't. Do you remember the lost secret? Oh, Lost Secret. Yeah, little did I know that um, 25 years after I first watched The Lost Secret, I lived down the road from the Randolph Hotel. Um, wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so look, for our listeners, why don't we just review here, what are these things, and can you still find them online? Can you find some of these videos online? You can find bits of Grapevine on YouTube, whether they're legally on, on mm. YouTube or not, but you can. Chips with everything. Fabulous and, episode. Yeah, and I think like the lost secret got sold behind a paywall into oh, some course it? or other. Uh, but okay. you can find um 
students acting out classic scenes from it. There's a first, the very first scene is uh, this guy is standing on a bridge and he's about to jump off and he's repeating over and over, I am a bird, I can fly. I am a bird, I can fly. And it's kind of this dramatic opening with grey skies and everything. Wow. And that has been reenacted by I don't know how many um, ELT students around the world. You can find that one on, on wow. the internet. Well, I've just... I've just uh... Googled it. Uh, yeah. Lost Secret Episodes 1 or 2 is on YouTube. Let's see Excellent. if I can. Wow. Let's see and I guess Grapevine is on YouTube. And also, I wonder if the oh, Ticket Inspector or any of the English teachers there. Yeah, they may available. well be. I forgot that the baddie of The Lost Secret was a Bond villain. There's an Oscar-winning actor on the cast as well, I think. Or wow. an Oscar-nominated. Yeah. It? Fantastic. Yes, I can hear it. <laughs> You're a bird. You can fly. That's a fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> It is because right. the language is so simple. It starts from app A1, like, lesson one. <laughs> I have to say, uh, I learned the fact, I didn't know the phrase, that, that video always reminds me of, uh, no, I, I didn't know the expression to hang, uh, to hang, like as in to turn. So, yeah. to, to, okay. so in the video, um, we send up at a, an, uh, an American airbase. He's, um, it's like, oh yeah, you just go down the road and hang a left. And I'd not heard that expression before. Wow. Uh, so I learned that. I've always remembered. I learned that expression from from the lost the lost secret. <laughs> so let's take a little time ad. What? Hey everyone, producer James here to say thanks for listening and just to let you know that. If you want to say thanks to us for all the episodes that we've given you for free, we'd be really grateful. We love making the show. It will always be free to you. But there are some costs involved. So if you'd like to help out, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Commute and buy us a coffee. I'm more of a tea man myself, but I'll still appreciate it. Okay, back to the show. Okay, we're back again. Um... We were talking about some, like, dr our experience doing drama, and then I, I think we started kind of getting into already, like, our favorite role plays, plays, drama things, um, and that's what I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, drama activities in the classroom, because, you know, I think what we said before, I, I for example, I'm a big fan of those. Um, and, and one of those kinds of activities are role plays. Obviously, there are many other kinds as well, but, I mean, what, what would you say are the benefits what, what, what would you tell? I know that I'm a fan, so it's easier for me to talk about it, but what would you say are benefits, if any, to doing drama activities in a language classroom? I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't think I'm as big a fan of you, although I could see the benefits of it. I mean, especially, I think, um, I think my disadvantage of it is I, I, with role play, is always this idea that that you have to be someone else and i think somebody always gets the silly role you know like if you're at the if you're at the railway station somebody always has to be the ticket inspector <laughs> and so they never get the they never get to well of course you reverse it but that person isn't practicing language they would ever use but one of the advantages are therefore of 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 drama is to be able to use language in a safe environment and practice the language yeah. Um, I mean, I think that that as well as I think it's a way of giving them a mask so that they can practice language in a slightly less face threatening way that as, as a, that that could sometimes occur with personalized too much, always just talking about yourself or things like that. I, I think that drama activities can be good then um, to to help learners 
work together to make a kind of communication work as, a, as, as it were, you know, like with unpredictability as opposed to just exchanging information or yes. just asking questions and answering. It's answer. funny that you say that because you're, because you're almost describing in, in digital terms, like having an avatar and, and I quite yeah. happily in digital terms, like have a student use an avatar to hide behind themselves and be a different character, which in a sense yeah. is drama. Yeah. <laughs> Terry, what about you? What do you think? What advantages do you give to new teachers on drama activities or role plays or both? Okay, so I think there's kind of there's a there's an overlap between the two, but they're not don't necessarily equate. So a role play isn't necessarily a drama activity. No. Yeah. Um it, it may just be controlled practice of functional That's language true. exponents. True. For yeah. example, there's no drama involved in it. And um drama activities don't have to be role plays, they could be pronunciation activities, for example, where you're working with intonation, you know, the classic ones where you use one word for the whole conversation, but the intonation is supposed to be putting the meaning across, um, like, you know, sort of banana or something, and everything has to be said with the word banana. Uh, but I think what I like about the role plays as well sometimes is that you don't have to be a specific person, but you can get the students also to write their own role plays which mm. are more like situations rather than role cards for people but it's just that yeah. you're in this situation and this is uh, what's happened to you in the situation and then there's someone else or another one that i like is the um multiple mm, this is going to sound a bit kind of anyway i'm going with it <laughs> <laughs> multiple takes on the same story so that ah, you have yeah. you know sort of like people are witnessing the same event but from different points of view and then reporting back on how they saw the story i think that's a that like kind a of role play as well to me. <laughs> okay, yes. yes or or yeah yeah but no i like those as well i, I mean do I, we have I'm any curious. favorite drama activities then if they're not role play uh, gonna, before you answer that question i just ask ask you a question yeah, because because how would you define drama in the classroom then? Because um, I think you know, um, I think actually during this conversation, I'm, my my definition is changing because, <laughs> you, because you could have that kind of. Uh, you've got the you've got a typical control practice dialogue which could be drama you've got a role play which could be drama um one of the things i put in the research you can play charades which we've all done for present perfect for you know or he has done this or you know he was digging the guy not present perfect, present past continuous he was thinking that's drama you've got a witness which is reported speech which is drama so, well, so i think i think drama would be any any use of like Authentic communication between learners in which there is an element of like unreality so that they're, they're, they, they are, they are quote unquote acting out something. So it's either they're being themselves in a different situation. They're being, uh, somebody else. Um, they're, they're, I mean, I suppose even the charade thing is you're acting as you're, you're I, I so, you're, so, so, yeah. so you're, you're defining it as very much as being somebody else, or being sure some, you yourself in a different in a different place. So, for example, you and I talking about our weekend or our favorite things, I don't think is any way, shape, or form as drama. But if I if if we were doing that same discussion, but then we we had to pretend we are in a library and we have to do it very very <laughs> quietly because someone keeps walking by and we're whispering, or that we're doing it. <laughs> 
um, you know, uh, in, you know, uh, hanging off the side of a mountain um, or, or something like that, then I think that is drama. Do you see what I mean? So it doesn't have to be, we are different. We, we could be in a different place. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I'm just curious. I, and, then, and then as I was asking the question, I remember that I dug out an old um, um, uh, ELT journal, uh, ELTJ, that's right, it's an article on it. And it, this is a really old article. I just called it up. Um, I can't what it, it's by Paul Davis, who is okay. mm-hmm. 1990. And in, in the beginning of it, he defers to Susan Holden, who says, in the other words, drama is concerned with the world, the world of let's pretend, which yeah. is actually what you're saying. It asks the learner to project himself it was 1990, so himself would be the, the reflective there, imaginatively, into another situation outside the classroom or the skin and persona of another person, which I guess is your uh, yeah. your definition. To yeah, well. and I, don't I, know. Think, I think yeah, there are other, uh, there's other things like use of voice, which is a dramatic technique. Um, so like, that's taking a little part of drama, but I think there is that idea of using your voice differently. So whispering because you're in the um, library or whatever, or shouting because you're in a party, you know, those little things that we add loud music to try and get people to project their voices more or or whatever. So those are all little drama techniques. And I think the mime, the charades, which is this, this idea of embodiment of making language physical, but also using your body is very much part of drama. So you're kind of, it's that physical side of of language so you don't even have to pretend i don't think but maybe you have to exaggerate something somehow or or add something well it's like it's like in drama classes when i studied drama at high school at the beginning of drama classes often a lot of work before you got towards any kind of sort of acting of a role or anything was all trust building exercises and micro dramatic techniques to get you sort of relaxed and things you know even the sort of like falling backwards into the arms of everyone else in the class Mm -hmm. you know those kinds of things or or just like humming activities or voice exercises but i suppose those are all kind of preparation for later on more drama type things speaking of which with role plays or drama activities in the class um, i remember i used to do a workshop on this um and one of the things i always enjoyed talking about and i used to have a bag full of them was was like props and realia for Mm. role plays because that was one thing that i noticed made it so much more interesting so i i wanted to you know suggest a couple of things that i had in my bag of 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 uh of, of props for for role plays and these could be even props for people to do like a regular dialogue but i would just give them one of these things and i would say this has to be worked into your dialogue so for example one was like a newspaper and so they could have they'd have to do their little dialogue but one of them would be pretending to read the newspaper and the other would be you know trying to ask and the other person would be checking the newspaper and, and doing that um with the now younger they, ones now they'd yeah. be on their phone wouldn't they yeah, yes yeah. that would be that <laughs> yes the student, the well, student the phone, could be going actually, what's a newspaper is it the phone like the ultimate prop though now for Absolutely. teachers yeah. doing the phone call role play because well, i don't know if you remember when before we all had mobile phones you had to hold your hand up your hand like that. Yeah. 
over your finger or and the, sit I back to back so yeah. you yes, couldn't see sit back each to other. back so yeah. you couldn't see each other or um some <laughs> one school i had they had a pair of plastic telephones to do your role play <laughs> your telephone role play so each person got a plastic telephone and pretended to call so that i think is like that's the ultimate handy role play thing do the prop do that such a prop side do you not think that i mean i would part of me and this is a student me would go why do i need this prop you're making it harder now i've got to cognitively think of the language and now you're making me put this <laughs> no well i found that for for some of the shy students it gave them something like to cling to mm. and to do other the than just standing like <laughs> yes exactly well the newspaper they put up in front of their face or whatever but th like it gives them something to cling to rather than feeling that deer in the headlights especially if they were going to present it now that's another big mm. area of like when they do role plays or drama activities do you get anybody to go up to the front of the class and do it for the class i it depended with me on the group if i did that or not if i had a really shy group i wouldn't force that but um i like you know. to change the geography of the classroom and yes. and have everybody set up their own little stage we're yeah. just by moving the chairs around and pretending that a chair is something else or a table is something else or well there there, there, there you go as a prop i mean other props uh, i don't know if ever you had this the i one of my colleagues had um the 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 paper bag full of plastic bits of fruit and vegetables that would be for the market role play so they would you know be selling the plastic fruit and they wouldn't have lots of it <laughs> everyone was buying like a banana and an apple and a pear but at <laughs> a variation on things like you know um hats uh sunglasses as well were other things i mean i don't know is there anything else no, you must you have gone to the, you're like your lesson your your, your role play you must have gone to <laughs> with like a santa claus bag massive game of what's in the bag before you uh before you start the role play <laughs> i did know teachers who'd have one of those wheelie shopping trolleys that they'd take around from class to class with all of their yes. props with with young learners i think younger learners particularly i think that's like really useful and you've got the soft toys in there and you've got the puppets true. and you've got like well you know, kind of a lot of, of the drama in the young learner class is a chief through the puppets isn't it yeah. yes uh, that's right yeah yeah, the puppet does reads the dialogue or they repeat after the puppet. I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite drama activities. Well, a couple. Uh, Ken Wilson, who we mentioned before, wrote a book, which is one of my favorite, just called Drama Activities, I think. Um, we can mention in the show notes. And another one is Dialogue Activities by Nick Bilbra, who we were going to mm. try to interview for this, for this episode. But he has a great one. And this didn't require props at all. And when I figured this, when I practiced this one, it changed Oh, so many ways I was doing it. So there would be a dialogue. So people would do a dialogue, but then they would have to do it again, miming. So for example, you would do the dialogue with one person washing up and the other person drying the dishes. And, uh, or then you do it again, standing up as if you were playing tennis. Um, or you do it again with one person is uh, repairing a car and asking for the tools and the other person is handing them the tools. But they're doing the same dialogue over and over again. But it was a great, these kind of mime ones didn't require props, but people, it gave them, you know, they were thinking on, to, like once they were getting used to the dialogue, it was a way of helping to automate the language. So you'd be having, again, to do mm -hmm. something else with your body. Mm -hmm. um, and so that the words would just, you know, you, you'd memorize them easier. That reminds me of one of yours. I think it must be in uh, one of your books, Lindsay, or maybe you, you and Jill. The yeah. um, I can't remember what you call it, but where you have the same dialogue, but in changing places. And it, yes. it works really well online because basically yes. 
you have you have the slides of the place where you are empty of people and uh, the, the students populate those places and then have their dialogues in those places so yes I can't remember yeah. where that was I saw you do that, was, that. yes that was in um so that works really well online. If you're teaching online, mm. you need a slide of uh, a couple of slides where you make the image cover the whole slide. And so it might be one of a supermarket and then of a street and then of a, a train station. But you have a similar dialogue shell, which they can. So the, I think the one that I've used and you used as well, Carrie, is like, excuse me, where's the blank? And then the other person says, oh, sorry, tell me again. And they say, excuse me, where's the and they have to say it again in a different way. The person says, oh, it's and then they have to give directions. And so the first time they do it, they can see a big picture of a supermarket alley. But then they then you change a picture to a busy street. And then you change the picture to a train an station airport or, or an a, airport yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or a pharmacy or whatever. So I guess um, technology does bring in that, that extra aspect to it. I mean, obviously, in, in what we, um, the role, the, the ELT experience uh, that, um, adventure that we wrote uh, yes. recently. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're using. Um, I mean, basically, that's a, that's a set of drama activities pulled together by sound effects and pictures, isn't it? I mean, that's right. Yes. So, uh, I guess technology with the use for, of for listeners who's not sure what Sean is talking about, he's talking about a thing that he and I wrote called the train, which is a kind of. Uh, a uh, heavily multimedia PowerPoint series of mini role plays, which students act out a kind of adventure on a train from like, from everything from buying tickets to stopping to taking photographs of things to like solving some kind of mystery and stuff like that. But yeah, and the pictures and the sound effects really help with that. No, but they, they kind of they drive the robot as they did in, in the one you wrote previously, the, the island yep. with, it, with it. And I guess actually, I, I, in some ways, the technology and and the idea of, uh, and this this situation of the remote teaching has fed fed into drama. Uh, yes, uh, uh, with it and, and kind of given drama a, a different lease of life in mm. in the classroom as showed by the the hands up project and the the marvelous stuff they do with drama across uh, Zoom. I think are probably the leaders of that uh, in that sense. So it's quite have, interesting. Like the 360 video as well is another you know sort of artifact that you can build drama activities into and I was thinking about going back to Lindsay's for example where it's that thing of where is the you're in the supermarket but the question is where's the gun and then suddenly <laughs> it becomes a completely different situation you know yes. it is, and it's oh my like, god I didn't realize it was an American supermarket <laughs> oh, <you're good. laughs> quite and you know then you go like okay we're in the airport now what object are they looking for in the airport that you make it like you know sort of it, you can get Either you add that element of drama, or you get your students to add the element of drama. Um, then, so shall we, uh, we, we? Suddenly, for three people that can't talk about drama, we're suddenly talking about drama quite a lot. Probably time for a, uh, a break, perhaps. <laughs> Welcome to The Algorithm. The Algorithm brings you the best in example language sentences found on the web and language learning apps. Each is tailored and randomized, especially for you. Your sentence for today is... Owen is eating parsnips in the rain. Owen is eating parsnips in the rain.
Okay, so here we are back from the break with a slight change. And I think we're going to talk about real dramas in the classroom now, those things where, um, for example, the power cut. What do you do? You know, <laughs> yeah. sort of everything was set up, we're waiting for technology, and there's an outage across the town. So that's one yeah. kind of example of a yes, drama. Yes, or, or, or you, 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 your, your computer freezes right in the middle of like loading something. That's like a micro drama, I suppose. Oh, you, and you could imagine the dogmatist coming with saying, computer, classroom? What? <laughs> <laughs> the tech but, okay, Or, or other, about... other dramas could be like the, the student bursting into tears when they get mm. their test result or something like that or uh you know someone has had some kind of personal drama and and you're like what's wrong and they can't really say because they don't have the they they can't say it in english or and then oh someone my else goodness, says, there's that horrible youtube skit isn't there about the elt teacher who's um the, the students trying to tell her a very sad story and she keeps on correcting her grammar i don't know yeah. if we can find that to put it in the show yeah. so that, what about this one in um, a running dictation oh, in a wow. school uh one kid fell and broke his arm broke his arm okay that that's, is a moment that's a of, drama. of big drama yeah, yeah that's a yeah. big drama moment yes yeah, so i was thinking of, of of a time when a student burst into tears when they got back one of these like tiny little tests you know that, that was oh. inconsequential but they were just like uncontrolled sobbing it was it was real drama and i think that's another thing where teachers have to sort of because it's a people profession you have to deal with that sort of everyday drama sean have you had any other examples of like everyday student drama carrie's example of the broken arm reminded me of of a colleague in a workshop that actually hospitalized i think it was a uh it was a, a board race where the, where the teacher fell and smacked their head against the mm. bottom of the board and then ended up in hospital that reminded me <laughs> me of wow that, uh completely um i've had no i i think the similar ones that you've been talking about um um the 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 idea of the students bursting into tears are uh, um, that's a pretty um, pretty uh, common. I was going to say common. I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that, now I have I an idea. Like Sean's class, like in your classes. I see where that was. Right. I say I didn't mean. I mean, I think we've I, we've probably all experienced that in some way. Um, yeah. Well, I was um, just thinking of like when the first day of term and when you've got the classes with the very very young learners the three and four year olds and we'd have a crying monitor so it would oh, be right. there'd always be some kids somewhere that needed to be taken out of the class and just consoled and they'd be sobbing and it was just one of those i'm yeah. three and i'm Human in a classroom drama. i don't know why <laughs> it's like where's Human my drama. mother <laughs> I think there's I mean, some adults that are like that. What the, what the heck am yes. I doing here? Why am I here? <laughs> well, speaking of adults and drama, of course, um, we could we can talk about like these drama moments in the classroom, but it goes all the way up to higher levels of academia. And I wanted to finish this little section here of our talk on drama with a book that when we were looking at drama as a topic, um, as a wider topic and sort of, I was thinking... I thought of this book, which is called Controversies in Applied Linguistics, and it's, it's edited by Barbara Seidelhofer, and I think this is from the early 2000s, 2003, and um, it's a collection of, um, of papers from journals, international journals, where someone has written, let's say, a book review or a provocative piece, and some another academic has written back 
critiquing it. And then the original person has written a reply to that reply. And so what she's collected are some like great, the, the best word for it, I think, is drama in, um, in, uh, like the field of academia. I'll just read from her introduction. Uh, she says, why controversies? Some people shy away from adversarial exchanges and think you cannot learn from them. I, however, think you can, and my students tell me they do. So sometimes we refer to scholars airing their differences in public as an unedifying spectacle. I believe, on the contrary, that this form of debate can, in fact, be ed edifying. Um, and so she talks about how she's often tackled uh, things with her students of applied linguistics by looking at these dramas. But some of these in this book, and I highly recommend it um, if you like that kind of thing, that it's basically uh, divided into sections. So there's, there's uh, controversies or dramas about the global spread of English, about critical discourse analysis, about second language acquisition. And each of them are a collection of two or three um, articles that is one is always in reply to the other. And so one of the ones that I particularly like is Robert uh, Philipson, who wrote Linguistic Imperialism, who wrote a blistering critique of a book by David Crystal. And, and some of the titles of these papers are really interesting. So uh, the controversy is um, the article, Philipson's uh, 1999 article called Voice in Global English, Unheard Chords in Crystal Loud and Clear. <laughs> and then Crystal David Crystal replies, on trying to be crystal clear, a response to Philipson. <laughs> and then Philipson's last article is closing word. And then there's another <laughs> one where it's, it's – um, uh, uh where where was it uh yes uh rampton uh, co uh writes an article called retuning in applied linguistics um and then brumford replies how applied uh, another article how applied linguistics is the same as any other science widowson retuning calling the tune and paying the piper a reaction to rampton and then rampton replies with an article called Problems with an Orchestral View of Applied Linguistics, a reply to Widowson. And Widowson replies another article called Positions and Oppositions, Hedgehogs and Foxes. And so these are all sort of, they're all dressed up in very like academic language, but people really, some of them are really going at it. It's interesting because this is all written in before social media. So any of these sort of grievances and, and, and academic dramas were played out across journals, whereas I suppose now it would <laughs> now be nasty tweets that then get deleted but here they all get collected and um and uh is this where you, thing... yeah. you got the idea for the tefl fight which we featured yes some the tefl fight was a little bit like this yeah um uh you know this there's, there's just i mean I, I won't read out any other quotes but it's just classic great stuff and it's also sort of really sort of interesting ways how they how they shape the barb i, I think that's one thing that has been lost in academic fights on twitter because people just shoot from the hip whereas to write it's a kind of retort in a, now, a yeah mm -hmm. to write a retort in a or even a blog comment can be shot from the hip and then deleted but to write something to be published in another journal you really have to become lasting yeah. yes yeah, yeah. But, no anyway great um, stuff. Kerry, I, the 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 video clip to which you referred to earlier the the yeah. is called uh, the insensitive english teacher yes. uh, uh, and yes. it's called uh, it's by the comedy show smack the pony so if you look at smack the smack the pony you'll find it my family all dies in crash 
In a crash. In a crash, my family dies. Yeah, you, you probably say you probably say have died. Actually, you probably use the past perfect. It's an action that happens in the recent past, but still the case now. Your family is still dead. So you'd say, my family have all died in a crash. I keep, we keep getting hand signals from Lindsay. He clearly has got to his point <laughs> where he needs to go. No, I was just waving around. I was just no, waving around. Kind of he's, like, being, <laughs> he's being dramatic, Sean. He's, he's, he's being dramatic. <laughs> close tonight. I, I thought, I thought I, uh, obviously, Lindsay brought the gravitas to the podcast, so I'm going to take you out. I'm going to follow on that line and bring Shakespeare to the podcast. I think when you talk about drama, you've got to have Shakespeare. And, of course, Shakespeare is, is attributed with so much of the development of the English language phrases and stuff we say. All right. So here we go. So, and actually, if you put Shakespeare or not Shakespeare into a search engine, you find lots of little quizzes. So on that lines, uh, let's finish with 10, um, 10 things that might be a sh from Shakespeare. Your job, uh, Kerry and Lindsay, is to say, is it Shakespeare or not? Okay. okay. So, for example, you know, the, so the first one is, um, which we're, from which we might get the expression uh, uh, come what may we get come what come may time and the hour run through the roughest day is that Shakespeare or not Shakespeare <clears throat> yep I would say that is Macbeth oh wow oh gosh okay oh we're going oh, we're, <laughs> wow we're going that deep all right well I'll say it's okay. Shakespeare as well and I'll, I'll I, so I, I would I would at this point Lindsay you would nod and go Kerry you're absolutely correct well done all right. <laughs> <laughs> number two he uh he hath eaten me out of house and home he hath eaten me out of house and home uh I don't recognize this one that doesn't mean it isn't Shakespeare but I'm gonna go for a not I'm going to go for a yes. It is Shakespeare, Henry the Fourth, Part Two. Oh, wow. um, hell, hath, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Yes, you know this one, Lindsay. Too, you met the. Is it this? Is this Macbeth? No. I is think it? this is the Taming of the Shrew. It's the Taming of the Shrew. It's got I think nothing it to do with William Shakespeare whatsoever. It's from <laughs> The Morning Bride, a tragic play by the English playwright William Congreve, first performed in 1697. And often oh, attributed to Shakespeare. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Okay, so that was the gotcha one. Okay. If music be the food of love, play on. I think that's a Shakespeare. That's from one of the co comedies, isn't it? Is it? Is, that's a... I would say so, too. Yeah, uh, I, I can see that I put doubt into Kerry's mind. She's got that doubtful face. Oh, and I've gone all doubtful now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Twelfth night. It is. You're absolutely right, Lindsay. When I saw you, I fell in love, and you smiled because you knew. Which is no. all over. Um, it it sounds media, like that would be Romeo and Juliet, but I don't think that's yeah. Romeo and Juliet. I think that's something else. It sounds a bit too modern. Oh, you! I like your detective work. You're slightly off. It is. It isn't Shakespeare, but it is ripped off from Shakespeare. It's Verdi, uh, in Verdi's opera Falstaff, and everybody attributes okay. it to Shakespeare, but it's actually Verdi. I wear my heart upon my sleeve. I think that is. I don't know, and absolutely out on a limb. Is it a Falstaff type of thing to say? <laughs> <laughs> it's Othello. It is Shakespeare. Wearing your heart uh, on your sleeve okay, comes yes, from yes. Uh, Othello. Okay, okay, a couple more. So uh, not full stuff the pen is all. mightier than the sword. No. I mean, that's uh, attributed to him all the time, isn't yes, it? It's I one of those not, motivational it's, quotes. It's from things, the 19th yeah. century, yeah. the 1830s, uh, an English author called Edward Buller Linton. Yeah. Uh, such stuff as dreams are made of. Uh, yes, yes, that, that yes is. definitely. Yes, that's um, the Tempest. Well, yeah, I was going to say tempest. that's the Tempest. Yeah. Sorry, Carrie. And the last okay. one, no man is an island. 
It's a very British thing to end on. Given the- <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say no. Um, I'm, I'm thinking no too, Lindsay. I'm thinking it's one of those ones that's always attributed and isn't. But yeah, and I've... you would both be correct. It's by the poet John Donne. Very oh, good. right. And okay. Often, okay. often attributed to Shakespeare. There you go. I just thought uh, it's kind of one of those things, as I say, English uh, English, and sh- English expressions and Shakespeare are often t- hand in hand. But there you go. There are some ones well done. You're, you're more knowledgeable about Shakespeare than I actually anticipated. Well, Kerry is anyway. Uh, <laughs> very I nice. Should, very I should nice. be more knowledgeable. I, like an English, English lit was my degree, you know, but then it was a long, 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 long time ago. I don't know what should be rude, Kerry, but that ago. was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I so think we, that's should... probably going to bring us to the end of our episode. Ah, uh, Yes. And we started off the new year, 2022, on a dramatic note then. Um, If you want to find any back episodes of the Tefl Commute, you can uh, refer to our website, teflcommute.com. Hey, the website's working. And the website website is working. (laughs) It's working again, uh, where we have all the back episodes of our 14 seasons with show notes and um, links so, so you can hear them. Of course, you can find these uh, all on wherever you're listening to this podcast. So the, in the feed, you'll find all our other, all our other episodes. We're also on Facebook and on Instagram and all the places. So if you have an anecdote about a particularly dramatic incident in class or something else related to your favorite drama activities and you want to let us know, please drop us a line. Super. Yeah, and we'll put all the links to the videos and things that we talked about into the show notes since we now can have show notes again. Uh, thank you. Good to be back. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Exit stage left. (laughs) (laughs) Break a leg. Break a leg, Sean. (laughs) I think he actually means that rather than being the uh, good luck charm. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, folks. Bye. As your commute is coming to an end, here's an idea you can take into class. Many classroom exercises can be extended by making them into instant role plays. To do this, you need to tell the students A, where they are, B, who they are, and C, what they should talk about. It's often possible to say this in just one or two short sentences. So imagine your students have been practicing making questions about travel habits. You can make this into an instant role play by saying, work in pairs, repeat the activity, but now imagine you are strangers sitting on a plane talk to each other, use the questions to help. We got this idea from writer Jim Scrivener, who adds these helpful tips. When doing an instant role play, don't make a big thing out of it being a role play. Don't announce it as something special or unusual, just drop it into the lesson along with all the other practice. You've been listening to the TEFL Commutes, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Kerry Jones, Sean Wilden, Sandy Millen and James Taylor. You can support this podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Tefl Commute. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast player of choice, and by visiting us at tefelcommute.com. Commute.com.